I was caught off guard. I'm never caught off guard. <laughs> Amen. It's a good day. Amen. Come on, y'all. Is it a good day? We serve a living God. Amen. And you are alive and well. Amen. And we are going home with him someday. Forever. We're going to live forever. Brother Dan told us that. We're going to live forever and ever and ever. We should be just shouting joy. Amen. Shouting hallelujah. Have a smile from ear to ear. Amen. Show those pearlies. Amen. Come on now. We, we are the chosen and the redeemed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I am so grateful to, to my God for all he has done in these days. He has kept us. Amen. He has given us such services. The message has been dynamic. The message has been dynamic and life-changing. Hallelujah. 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 I've been serving the Lord for a lot of years. A lot of years. And let me tell you, if the Lord can still work on me and change me and transform me and say, Cord, you ain't right yet, he can still work on you. Are you hearing me? He can still work on you. So don't put up those shields. Don't put up that. Uh-uh. You say, Lord, work on me. I need to be changed every day. What did Paul say? From glory to glory. Amen. We are transformed. I want to thank you all those that have been coming out. And for those who traveled in, thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sacrificing. I know it's hard. I know that the spirit of fear has come into a lot of people. And to fight that off and shake it off is a hard thing. Amen. When, when you've been told so many times, don't, 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 it's hard to do, do, do. Are you hearing me? So be the children of God. Amen. Brother Dan always tells me the Beatitudes are be be, be, amen? And that's what we have to do. We have to be, hallelujah. Thank you all for having us, for loving us. We feel so much love here. I think I see a precious baby over there of ours. Is that you, Cher? God bless you, honey. And your sister, huh? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. For all of you watching on stream, I want you to know that this, this is no different. The, the Lord is going to move here as he's going to move in you. But let me tell you, I was reading something this morning. I just want to say this little thing. I'm going to let Daddy come up. It says that um, unexpectedly, however, the new way does not bring an end to the old way. The old way of thinking and living continues. And its source of temptation... huh? It's source of temptation even to Christians who seek to conform sometimes their values and their ways. It's hard because of the temptation to go back into the old way of thinking and living. No, no, no. This building is called New Creations. New Creations. New Creations because we are a new creation. Now listen to this in Romans 12. To it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new creation, into a new person by changing the way you think. Then, and then, and then you will learn to know God's will 
for you, which is good and which is pleasing and which is perfect. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me tell you. Come on, Daddy. It took the Lord but seven days. Amen? Seven days. Dad says, you know, and then, then, then God created man, then God created woman, and since then he, no one's rested. I don't know if I agree with that, but Brother Dad says it. But listen to this. He created all that is, word says in seven days, but he's still working on us. Let him work on you. My exhortation to you this morning is open your heart and let God form you. Let God take out of there things that you've been holding on to and justifying and let God make you today. Let it be done today what he wants you to be. Amen. I love you. You know I love you. I, you know I love you. Be blessed this morning. Amen. Amen. God is good. Hallelujah. God is good. We give the Lord praise. Amen. Amen. You know, we confuse God's kind of love with our kind of love. That's why it's important that we die, so he can love through us and in us. We lay down our lives that the Lord might be glorified in us. Amen. You know, the Lord's kind of love is that, is that he loves us unconditionally. And then, and then everything he does, he does from that perspective. God loves us enough, values us enough, and, uh, and then invests himself in us. Or, or takes the time to, to conform us to him or to teach us. Once the Lord saves us, we're totally altogether equipped. Then the Lord takes it upon himself to make us characteristically like him. The Lord doesn't teach us to love. Amen. He causes us to love. I don't want to confuse you. Let, let me do it this way. Our kind of love is this. Once we respect someone, we tend to love them. It's backwards. Once we love them, then we tend to respect them. And then we could relate to them as Christ did without ever giving up on them. Say amen to God. Hallelujah. Love. All that is good flows from love. All that we perceive as being good flows from love. So, oh, praise God. You know, I just, you know we, we tend to lose, <laughs> lose respect for people. And... and uh, I've done that in the past. But, you know, respect is not an issue for me anymore. I, I expect no respect. Respect doesn't fuel me. It does not encourage me. Love is what motivates me and ignites me. If it were for respect, oh, I don't know what I would do, actually. I certainly wouldn't do this. But love is so much easier than respect. Amen? It's so much easier and greater. 
Greater, greater, greater. Hallelujah. We don't have nearly enough time to build upon that so that you can all together uh, understand that. But, but hallelujah, in 1 Peter chapter 4, we're going to talk about some things like that just a little bit. Praise the name of Christ. We've been talking about the cross of Calvary and how that the Lord took it upon himself. It was something that he received from his Father. It was his destiny. It was his destiny. He longed to fulfill his destiny. It was the pinnacle. It was the pinnacle of the Lord's destiny. He was not going to give up on what his Father had called him to do. Hallelujah to the Lord. Do you know what the Lord wants you to do? Hallelujah. Do you know, do you know, do you know what the Lord wants you to do? Amen. He left his glory. You know why the Lord left his glory? He left his glory so that we could shout and dance. That's awesome. And I like that. But that's not the primary thing, is it? No, 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 no. He left his glory in John chapter 17. He said, Father, the glory you've given me, I am giving them that they may be one. The glory of God is to make us one. To make us one in Christ. One in purpose. One in direction. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This finger and this finger may never see eye, not always see eye to eye. But they never argue when I have something to do. There is never conflict between these two fingers. But there always is in the house of God. How come? When the Father wants to do something, the head of the body, there's always conflict between those fingers. Conflict between the legs. And the elbow wants to be the brain. <laughs> no, folks. The glory of God is to make us one. Amen. You know, it would be good if we just all stop and be still in the presence of the Lord. Because at least we're one. But we don't have time to do that either, do we? It all begins, folks, with disengaging from ourselves and engaging with God. The most, the, the stillest the Lord had, the, 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 the Lord was the most still, immobile, unmoving when he was completing the greatest calling, which was on the cross of Calvary. He did not move away. He stayed absolutely subjected. He took a position and maintained it, no matter how painful it was. That's the cross. Hallelujah. He moved about and he did a lot of things, but the pinnacle of his purpose, which gave us life, was the cross of Christ. He surrendered to it. He could have moved away. He could have jumped away. He could have flown away. He could have been carried away. He could have moved away in a, in, in a plethora of different ways. He could have disappeared away. He could have had the finger of God, a category five tornado come by and just blow him off the cross. There are a plethora of things he could have used to move away, but rather he chose to be still and know that he's God. 
No matter how painful it was, he is my daddy, he is my father, but he is also my God. Amen. That's what we need today, folks. When the world is in absolute darkness, I assure you nothing will ever, ever, ever be the same again. We'd like it just to be like last year. Oh God, if it could just be like a year ago. Just a year you were complaining then, but now it looks good. <laughs> There's nothing that will bring stillness to your life, surrender, and unity in the house of God like getting on the cross. You see, when we're on the cross, nothing rules but destiny. Destiny is king then. And only those that are in pursuit of their own personal destiny in life are willing to take on the cross. Or we're filled with purpose, direction, and good ideas. Not always God ideas. But what we need today is oneness in Christ Jesus so that we can fulfill our destiny as the last day church, which is an important thing to consider. Oh my goodness, there's a lot of talk about abortion. Is there not? And, and you know, we've been preaching abortion for 40 years. In fact, in fact, I think three of my first, the first five messages I ever preached in my life were on abortion. And, and now abortion is a huge issue for us. It's come to the forefront. Not that it should be on the forefront. It should be gone a long, long time ago. There should have been a revol revolution in the house of God to rid the nation of abortion. But we learned to coexist since 1973, I might add. New York City, 1970, when it was legalized. And now, we, and, and now through abortion, we, we've killed uh, over 70 million babies. So now it's all become a focus. You know why? Because now our futures are based upon what happens. When it was just about babies, it didn't matter. But now, because it's a political issue, now we're cons concerned. Heaven was concerned a long time ago. In fact, when our Constitution was altered, distorted, and ink was placed on a document that says now it's legal to kill babies, it was at that moment that we became the enemy of heaven. And for the sake of what? The saints. And for the sake of a covenant with the founders, God has held back his wrath. Are you hearing me, babies? Listen, there's been a lot of distortion as to what's been as it relates to what's been saying and all of a sudden it's come to the forefront it's become a priority folks but we've got a zillion miles to catch up on and we don't have time to do that but now the church God is raising up in the last hour to bring a revival to bring a glorious and wonderful revival and it's imperative that we be in bed rest <laughs> No, actually, it's true. Let me tell you why. Because God has impregnated the last day church and the remnant people with a revival. And the one thing, the thing that you haven't perceived 
and most people haven't perceived that all that is happening today in the American church, all that's happening in federal government, all that's happening in everything that you're looking is for one primary reason. And don't ever forget this. Because if you forget it when you die to go to heaven or whatever happens to us, you're going to be really sorry that you forgot this. Remember this, the primary purpose for what's happening in America is to abort the revival that the last day church is pregnant with. Is to abort the revival that is sown in the bellies of the last day church. And if you contribute to that, don't you realize the mentality of that? There is no love. There's no embrace. There's no concern for love. Life, if you look carefully, life is just distorted. It's used. It's taken advantage of for the, for the purpose of the greater or those who consider themselves greater. But in, in the spiritual sense, folks, it's to maintain. That's why, that's why, man, we've got to learn about the cross so we can shut up for a little bit. Because the church makes the most sense now if we just don't say anything. Because some are saying that and some are saying this. And some are saying that and some are saying this. Does that look pretty cool or what? <laughs> Oh, hallelujah to God. And if we would just be quiet, we'd get a lot more done. But we're no so, not so indoctrinated as we are opinionated. And that's why we are so spiritually opinionated. We're about like the world. We're right about 11% of the time. Whereas we say, thus saith the Lord, and if we do that, we lay it at God's doorstep. And you know what? God is never wrong. But we are. God is never half right. Never half right. Half right. Half right. Half right. You hearing me? Thus saith the Lord. And then the prophets get up and say, it ain't my fault. You guys don't know how to pray. <laughs> Oh, my God, the devil goes. <laughs> I'm doing that on Sunday intervals. Every Sunday. <laughs> so, oh, Sunday. <laughs> Religious comedy, brah. <laughs> and I'm being so incredibly facetious, folks. But it would be easier to tolerate if it were a joke rather than not reality. Are you hearing me? How many of you are the children of God? How many of you are the children of God this morning? How many of you are the children of God this morning? Raise your hand. And everybody's a little tentative. I don't know whether I should raise my hand now. Oh, well, maybe a little godly pressure will make us more considerate when we raise our hands. 
God is, God, God is just wanting us to be as productive as we possibly can be. And the only way is, is for us to pray. Folks, it's time to go down. It's time to be quiet. The world doesn't need to hear from us right now. And you say, oh my God, that can't be true. He's a heretic. He's a liar. Jesus said, and, and Paul said it also, be ye not many teachers. But there's like about, but there's like about, oh, I don't know, tens of thousands of cell phones that people ought to put away. And they're already buying their own little personal pulpits for their house. Are you hearing me, folks? What we need is unity in the cross. Because when the Lord fulfilled his pinnacle, he was still. Only when he moved to fulfill the perfect, the zenith of his purpose. Not a single word. Not a single word was haphazard. Even when he said, I thirst, he was fulfilling a prophetic word from the psalmist David. He fulfilled everything that the words that the scripture said he would say. He did everything that the scripture said he would do. But do you realize how much the scripture has said about the church that we have yet to do? And yet to fulfill. And don't misunderstand me. I'm not angry. I'm not. And, and I don't want to project that either. But, but emphatic, emphatic sounds... A lot of different ways. I'm only going to do what God tells me to do. And I'm only going to feel the way that God f- makes me feel. I do not submit my life to God and retain my emotions. So if he's going to anoint my mouth, he's going to anoint my emotion. I'm not going to say something that's contrary to how I feel. So God has to conform my feeling to the word. So I don't confuse anybody. And so that I don't misrepresent God. The hour is late, babies. It will never be the same again. And the temptation is, I want to shout, I want to scream, I want to call them pig dogs, I want to call them murderers, I want to slander them, I want to hate them, I want to... Remember the disciples said, Lord, should we call down fire upon them because they won't receive you into the house? And the Lord said, wait a minute, sons, you don't... You know not what spirit you're of. And so watch. And so it's just about over. God's going to visit America with judgment. This is what this is talking about. But not to destroy her, to restore her. And so what we'd have to do primarily, folks, is I'm not saying, I'm not saying to pull away, but you have to be really bold courageous and heavily anointed if you're going to be publicly exclaiming in the place of Almighty God as a representative of the Lord. You, you, you're, what you're doing effectively or, or in your, in your, from your own perspective is representing how you feel. That's not enough. 
We must be able to represent God. And if we are not one with God, we cannot therefore represent God. It does not mean we're not God, gods. And it does not mean that we're not the tip of the spear. It's just not just our vocal public mouth. It is more our secret place of prayer. Say amen to God. That's where God is calling us to. A secret place of entrenched Powerful, glorious, wonderful, seismic, nuclear prayer. Hallelujah to God. Prayer, babies, for your, for your children and for your loved ones. Pray as you've never prayed before. Pray that God will lead you and teach you. God will lead you to build a pantry for your children so that there'll be food no matter what happens. If you pray hard, God will, God will sow a, a, a plant in your mind so that there'll always be water for your family when water is not available for weeks at a time. We all take that for granted, and yet we want to express our, our human anger, fury, or hatred to a world. No, no, it's better that if you pray and plan, plan and pray, plan to pray, and your prayer will bring a plan, say amen to God. You don't know what plans to make, but if you plan to pray, God will pro provide a plan to live. Are you hearing me? So it's not about expressing yourself to a dying world. Now it's time to express yourself to a living God. To a living God. To the only hope that remains in the world. The only hope that remains for you and I. It is time for our victory. It is our time. But before that, we need some bed rest. We are pregnant. We don't want to abort this revival. We've got to rest before the Lord. We've got to rest and pray. We've got to rest and pray. We've got to rest and rest and pray, pray, pray. Say amen to God. Say amen to God. Say amen to God. Hallelujah to the Lord. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah. Woo. And that's my introduction. Thank you. Chapter 4. First Peter. So if you leave with that, and if you get that, you got exactly what you need. If you get no more than that, be still and know that I'm God. Watch. And if you be still and you know that he's God, you know that you'll pray. You'll pray, folks. Pray. I'm not talking about a momentary prayer. A lot of pray. What's your... What's your favorite Roku moment? <laughs> the bad part is most of you understood what I just said. <laughs> Roku. <laughs> was he in tongues for the moment there? Was he in the Holy Ghost? <laughs> your favorite Roku moment? An hour, a couple hours? Set it apart for God. And seek God. Watch. I challenge everyone to begin praying for two hours a day. Two hours a day. And if you can't pray, then pray that you can pray. In other words, invest a moment in time before God and say, Lord, teach me to pray. Don't just take for granted that you know how to pray and then you can't pray. Pray to God. Say, Lord, teach me to pray. And then you'll start praying more and more and more. And that's how I did it. I got desperate. I said, Lord, teach me how to pray. And when I prayed that prayer, the next day I prayed two hours. And since then, my life has become a life of prayer. 
No intermissions. Always praying. So watch this, babies. Pray. Bring that new baby up here, Hito. Come on, bring that baby up here. Let everybody see that baby. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to wake her up, huh? That's all right. Praise the name of Jesus. Watch. Watch this. Oh, glory be to God. See the tenderness and the care that he's taking right there? <laughs> Look, we couldn't even. Ah, we're so cute. She's that beautiful. This is revival. Take a good look at it. And this is the most precious thing God's given the church. And if we, listen to me, if we miss this, we missed everything. Listen, we can stand before a dying world and make our points. We can prove and prove and prove we are where we are. You and I can walk on water. You and I can walk, uh, fly over the city. Are you hearing me? We can do the most amazing things. You and I can stand at the edge of storms and cause those, st cause those storms to be stilled. We can pray and cause the mountains to shake and the heavens to fall. We can pray until it rains, until the whole world takes note of us. But when we're done, if we don't have one of these, we missed God. Because this... It's the last day revival that God is promising the church. And the devil wants to abort this baby. Are you hearing me? Thank you, he, don't. he did good, huh? Oh, he did good. Hallelujah. So if when we're done, we don't have that, we miss God. The greatest harvest the world has ever seen. Bed rest, consideration one another, to take care of yourself, to do what God has asked us to do as a quiet people before him who know that we bear something precious within our bellies. And that is life to a dying world. That's the, the imperative for the house of God. Jason was testifying earlier to us that they were pregnant and, and that he got COVID-19 and then just a week later, they lost their baby. And you could see the heaviness in his life and even more in his, in his wife. So we see the contrast between a baby that's lost and a baby that was born. And that's what God wants to see, wants to show us this morning. That the most important thing is that we are a last day church pregnant with the greatest revival. The Bible says it. The Bible teaches it clearly. And the devil working like hell, like the hell it is. To keep us stirred up, disrupted. Mad, angry, everything that you don't want an expectant mother to be experiencing, he is doing with threatens, threat of violence and riot and hate and murmuring and destruction. 
and desolation and nuclear wars and rumors of wars and all of those things happening. Warfare. It's like, oh my God, so much conflict. Husband fighting with the wife and the wife fighting with the husband. How's it going to happen? I tell you in the name of Jesus, before my mother passed away, before my mom passed away, she sat me aside. She started to cry. She said, son, I have a confession to make. Watch this, babies. And this is a perfect illustration. She said, I have a confession to make. That you, my fa your father and I were in such incredible conflict. When I was pregnant with you, she said, that I couldn't cope with it. I couldn't cope. I couldn't imagine more responsibility that I had. There was no way that I could deal with this. She said, and I field, I field an old, those, those old round, you know, they're like feeder pails. That's, those are the bathtubs that we had, those are the restrooms then. And she said, I filled it as high as I could with the hottest water I could stand. She said, I went into the bedroom. I got a, a, a metal hanger and I straightened it out with a pair of pliers. And I got into the tub and I lay there. And I said, I just can't do this. I can't do this. She said, son, I'm sorry. She wept. And she said, but I laid in that tub and I was determined to kill you. I couldn't have another baby. She said, I just couldn't have another baby. I just couldn't have another baby. I just couldn't have another baby. And when I laid down, she said, I began to do what I was determined to do, but I couldn't do it. But it wasn't that I didn't give up. She said, I laid in that tub for four hours until the water was absolutely cold. And when the water became so cold, she said, I just got up, threw the hanger away, and gave up on my attempt. But had my mother succeeded to express the pinnacle of her frustration because of the disruption between the husband and the wife I wouldn't be preaching to you today. So you can imagine if we don't have peace, camaraderie, and oneness in the house of God, what we are going to lose in the end. The only solution, folks, the only solution, the only solution, and there, is no, there are no two solutions, there's only one. And that is this. You've got to get on your cross and to follow Jesus. You've got to follow Jesus. And from the cross, you see, you see you're free. I always say to my babies when I teach them a disciple, and I say, go ahead and die. It's better on the other side. Stop defending yourself. Try, stop trying to establish yourself as a viable, important human being. You just do your best. Let God do the rest. Hallelujah to God. Go ahead and die. Go ahead and die. Listen, it's better on the other side, and I'm not talking about suicide. I'm not talking about taking too many pills. I'm talking about dying to your own will, not my will, but thine be done. That's what Jesus said. And then he went out and he got on the cross. <laughs> but he put him on the cross, man. 
He surrendered. He surrendered to the cross. And then while he was on the cross, what was he doing? He was hating all the people around him. No, 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 no. Don't misunderstand, his brother said a moment ago. And we're emphatic about it, that the cross, you see, the crossroad is the vineyard of revival. Are you hearing me? The cross. And when you have many on the cross, it becomes a vineyard of life. So Jesus is upon the cross and he loved the people so much. He was free to love them from their, from their place. Forgive them, Father, because they don't know what they do. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on, man. There is no such thing. There is no such thing as that kind of love. There is no such thing as that kind of love. Yes, there is that you can be on a cross hanging in the waning moments of your life where one scientist who had committed himself to study crucifixion said Jesus Christ died every conceivable human death while he was on the cross. But such a place of surrender. Don't you see when you're in a place of absolute death, and still able to express perfect love. You see, you're going to suffer. But if you always blame somebody for your suffering, your love will never be released. Jesus didn't blame anybody for his suffering. He could have. Could he? Could he not? Justifiably. But he chose not to. It's just a choice, folks. I'd rather, I'd rather love those who've hurt me and curse them. Not to curse them, but to love them. And from that place of absolute unconditional love, I choose to lose, lo- lose my life here. I choose to live my life here. I lose myself on the cross and find Jesus there. Oh my God. So what's the cross all of a sudden? It's a place of discovery. It's where I lose myself and find him. God is so good, babies. Let me tell you. In this scripture here, I'm going to leave this with you because I'm not going to, I'm not going to take a lot of your time. I want to give you time to pray. Amen. It's the name of Jesus. Skip over to First Peter chapter four, verse seventeen. And I say all of that to say this, watch. First Peter chapter four, verse seventeen. For the time, say time. Say it again, for the time. Amen. Jesus was approximately, what, six hours on the cross before he died? Oh, watch, babies, listen carefully. Watch. For the time has come. That, that time that it's speaking of, for that time, that's your time. 
And that's my time. We're alive now. He's speaking about today, prophetically about our time. Now watch. So we say for our time, for pure understanding's sake, and to relate, this is our time. These babies, listen to me. It will come to pass just as I say, watch. And for our time is come. And that time is fully come. Watch, check this out what he says. The time is come. Now listen to me. For the time has fully come. For the time, let me put these glasses on so I don't have to get my nose up against the text. Amen. For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. Paul didn't, uh, Peter didn't say it might, he said it must, and it must now. This is the time. It must now begin, watch. And if it, and if it first begin at us, say us, at us, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? I hope you don't fall into that category. Because he's saying it's going to be tough enough for the saints. What will be the end of those who don't obey God? In other words, he's saying to those, what's going to happen to those who don't know how to hide in God? So let me read it again. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And, it, at, and if it first begin at us, what shall the end of them be that obey not the gospel of Jesus Christ? Watch verse 18. And if, scarcely, and if the righteous scarcely be saved... Where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Powerful questions, amen. Now verse 18, verse 19. Wherefore let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto faithful creator. Let me say it again. Wherefore let them that suffer according to the will of God wasn't that what Jesus was doing on the cross? Suffering according to the will of God? And that's what we've been talking about. In other words, that's, that's God teaching us and preparing us as the last day church how to relate to a sinful world that's reached a pinnacle of darkness and that God is going to judge them. How do we relate to these people, folks? <laughs> no wonder the prophets wept. The Bible said, Jeremiah said, I wish I could pray day and night for the sins of the daughters of Jerusalem. So how do you relate to a people who just don't want God? And how do you relate to a wicked leadership that plays games with the welfare of the people for their own personal gain? How do you relate to the people how do you relate to them? Well, what we do, you see, is we surrender to the will of God. And if you really love the people who are lost, it's going to create suffering in you because you do love them. You won't suffer for them if you don't care about them. But if you do, you will suffer for them. And see, so in the house of God, in the glory of God, in the glory of God, that we should have that in association. And that should be the glue that binds us. At least an element of glue. And that is, we have this in common, that we weep for the dying. Fulano allá está llorando por los perdidos. 
And over here, Juanita también está llorando por los perdidos. Yes, that happens into the room, but somebody from a different perspective will look at Why are they crying? Oh, they're weeping for the lost. <laughs> but you see, we're so fractured, we're all crying for different things. But on the cross, Jesus wanted the same thing his daddy wanted. I assure you, the web, angels wept with him. All of heaven wept. When Jesus was on the cross, there was not one soul in heaven just detached, disconnected, or unconcerned. All of heaven was bound up in the suffering of the Son of God because the people may have been uninformed, but they were not. They knew what was happening, and they knew he didn't deserve it, and they knew that he could come off the cross. And there was no one disjointed Distracted, disconnected emotionally in heaven. Heaven was one in the suffering of Christ Jesus. All of heaven wept. Jesus wept. So, folks, when we are one with God, we will weep for the lost. And that will make oneness in our lives. The weeping, the brokenness, the hurting is an expression of a love that's, that's unique and powerful to the church. If we do those things, we will not abort the baby God has given us. And you see, we can all weep in one accord, in association with one another. Even when we're not here, you see, you see we need to learn that as the devil is trying to separate us with with the stuff that's happening. This whole COVID-19 was not haphazard, folks. Believe me. It is, this is a spirit of Antichrist to disjoint the church and to primarily abort the revival he knows is coming and that is growing in the bellies of the saints of God. Primarily, and now listen carefully, in the American church. Because no one has more invested in this last day revival than the American church. Because no nation in the history of the world has proliferated the gospel and taken sent missionaries into all the world than America, even the exploding underground church in China is a direct and indirect effort of missionaries in the United States, man. And you have the most coordinated, technically prowess nation on earth, China. And they still can't destroy the church. The world doesn't see it, but they're growing faster than any church on earth. Give God praise and glory. Say amen to his holy name. And so... The imperative, and that's why I talk about the cross, is because we must be united at the cross so we can find peace in our suffering, weep for their suffering. If we can't adopt them in the house of God, at least we have to bring their suffering within the walls so we can weep for them here while they suffer out there. And that's a primary thing that needs to be done. Because we're a spiritual household of faith. It's not about your welfare and it's not about my welfare. 
And if it is about caring for us, it is to nurture the baby. It's growing in our womb. And that's the last day, revival. Say amen to God. We don't want to lose that baby, do we? And we don't want the devil to rush into the house and abort that baby. No. We need God's protection, God's power. Okay, so I've said all of that. And I don't think it's a lot. Fellowship in his suffering at the cross, surrender. Not about me, about you. Jesus could not have gone onto the cross unless he would have known that it was his Father's perfect will. Because if it's my Father's perfect will, check this out, man. If it's my Father's perfect will, then there's no need for me to hate the ones who are doing it. If it's my Father's perfect will, there's no necessity for me to hate them. Don't you see? It's about my daddy. He knows what he's doing. And I trust him wholeheartedly. Father, not my will, but thy will be done. I am thirsty, though. I'm thirsty. You know what they gave him? Water. Here's just a little footnote, just a little addition to the sermon for, for this morning. Jesus said, Prophetically, you know, rather than water, they gave me vinegar. Well, how many of these people had been at a crucifixion? Many of them had. They had seen them. They knew the process of the crucifixion. Well, they were given vinegar to drink, to numb, to numb, you see, the pain. Jesus was not concerned with numbing the pain. You see, he would, didn't want to lessen the experience. Oh, my God. Oh, you know, you know, preaching could have been better. It really could have been better. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Have you, you ever seen that prideful sorry? Preaching could have been better, man. It could have been. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm smarter than everybody. I'm, smarter. I'm, I'm sorry if I tried to preach, I'd be the best preacher the world has ever seen. I'm sorry. I sat through that. I didn't have to. My car was outside. I'm sorry. Because we want to heighten the experience, don't we? But when it hurts, give me some Advil. Jesus said, Jesus wouldn't drink the vinegar. Even though the last time they offered it wasn't alcoholic vinegar. You know what it was? It was tainted water. I just need a drink of water. And he didn't say that until he was finished. And then he said it because it was prophesied by David that he would. Had it not been prophesied, he would not have said it. But because of the word of God liberated him to ask for a drink of water. But because it was prophesied, didn't make it good either. Because the word was good, but the people were bad. <laughs> and so they bring him water. He takes a drink. Oh, it's good. 
It's just a drink. It's almost over. I'm a human. I'm physical. Do you realize that, my babies? I need a drink of water. But I should have known what to expect from these people. They put me here. And he goes, and he drinks it, and spits it out. It's tainted water. So I did some research about vinegar. And you know, vinegar is 96% water, 3% stuff. And he couldn't drink it. Folks, and I think we've been bringing him only a certain portion of pure worship. The rest is tainted with something else. Our prayer is only a certain part. The rest is tainted. And that's why we don't receive the kind of results we would like. Oh, he takes it to his mouth because he's gracious, but... And it's not effective, is it? Same, never changes, never expands, never grows. Because it's not pure. And what's that represent? It's got, he's got 90, what percent of your heart? Or maybe less. God will be blessed and refreshed by our worship. God will be blessed and refreshed, motivated and stimulated by our prayers. When our offerings to him in terms of service are 100% refreshing water. Instead, lives that are tainted by other stuff. And I don't mean to hurt you by that, but I'm talking about the perfect one who has perfectly equipped us, perfectly enabled us. You, you know, when it comes to life, the Lord left nothing to chance. Did you hear me? When it comes to life, the Lord left nothing to chance, did he? Your heart is beating. Does it require your attention or your ability? No, he wants your life, so he left nothing to chance in your heart. Have you had to force yourself to breathe? No, you have life. God left your breathing. He left nothing to chance. You breathe automatically. So all that we have, babies, in terms of service are glorious opportunities that God is giving us. To glorify him and magnify him in this last hour. And you know who should be? Does it look like I'm skating or like I've never done that before in a revival before? <laughs> Must be the anointing. And the Lord is giving us an opportunity to be the best. You know why? Because we're the last. And the last should be the best. The last day church. I tell the people the gospel of the world is this. It is what it is. No. If the church ever embraces that, God help us. It is what God says it is. If it's wrong, it's wrong. If it's right, it's right. Amen. Hallelujah to the Lord. Now watch. So, rub your belly. Rub your belly. The test is positive. You're the last day church. And I'm talking about a unified 
one body. Church, pregnant with the greatest revival the world has ever seen. We can't afford to lose that. And the only place we're going to be united is complete bed rest on an upright bed called a cross. So we all come to the cross. We surrender to the Lord. We're determined to love everyone, each other, unconditionally. Hallelujah. I remember my wife would say, oh, my ankles hurt. Where do your ankles hurt? I'm pregnant. That makes no sense to me. Your belly should hurt, not your ankles. Rub my ankles. So we care for one another, knowing that we're all part of the same family. And she gets so moody. Moody. Someone's going to be moody. But that doesn't mean we're not still body. This is your time, folks. This is your time. This is your time. Don't let the lack of faith or life in others hinder you. The house of prayer, the, the word of God says that the house of God, that judgment must begin there. I want you to think globally about this. Because the church is fractured, because the church is universal, you can't, you can't relate you know, completely to the Russian church or the, or the Belize church or, or the Myanmar church or the Indonesian church or the Australian church. You can't relate. There's so much cultural differences. But the Lord said to me, I'm not sending you to a nation of a tongue that you don't understand. I'm prophesying this to you, and it will come to pass. When God's talking about globally about the house of God, he's not talking about Israel right now because Jacob is not ready. Jacob will be transformed. There's going to be Jacob's trouble, which is great tribulation, and God is going to restore Israel and open their eyes to the Messiah who is already your Messiah, and his name is Jesus. Are you hearing me? The house of God universally is America. The Spirit of God is telling me that the house of God is the United States of America globally because, as I said before, no church in history of the world has taken the gospel to the world. And still people all around the world want to come here for the sake of the gospel and for this freedom to serve God. Actually, young Chinese evangelists are coming here to be trained. And they secretly come and they secretly go. Not all of the Chinese who come are bad. Some are coming for the gospel. Say amen to God. Say amen to God, baby. Say amen to God. So watch. So watch. America is the house of God globally. And where is God going to begin with his judging? Judging must begin in the house of God. Judgment has come to America. If you don't have the God storm, get it. Read it. You want me to come to your house and preach it? Amen, I'll come. (laughs) So, stand to your feet with me, children, this morning. 
Praise the name of Christ. If you want to come to the altar, if you feel drawn to the altar, come. By all means, come. Come close. Stand close. Hallelujah to God. We're not going to lose this baby. The devil is not going to abort this child. With hate, anxiety, fear, rebellion, backsliding, Lack of grace, comfort, love, forgiveness. We're going to be a united house of God. We're going to love unconditionally. We're not, gonna, we're not going to respect and then love. We're going to love and then respect. The value of the individual, not their character. The value of who they are. The character stuff, God's going to take care of that, folks. I've lost some of my best friends, man. Not because I stopped loving them and started judging them, no way. But because they walked away from God. And God is everything to me. So if you walk away from God, you walk away from me. It's that simple. So... If you want to come to the altar, I know I would. In fact, I'm here. I'm just looking the other way. It's the only difference. We have a baby to birth now. Mamas, you know what I'm talking about. It takes time. Mamas, you know what it, I'm talking about. It takes time. It takes time. It takes time. She didn't see how my mom cried. It wasn't long before she died. And she bore that weight all her life. It's also my mom who took me to church. Don't forget that consideration. But she was driven because of the turmoil in her home. And we're driven to do some stuff because of the turmoil that's in the house of God. We don't want to lose our baby because of that. <laughs> you know, I was reminiscing about new creations in Christ this morning prayer. It was before, before in the morning, whatever. And it all started at the rock, remember? I remember you two standing there just like you are right now. Hallelujah. You know, we're placing leadership and we're far from perfect. The problem is, is that people... Look at us instead of looking at the cross, who's hold, Christ who's holding us. It's unfortunate. It happens to Sister Cordina all the time. And vice versa. Me as a leader, I fail to see the Christ in them. And so there's turmoil. 
But on the cross there is none. There is no turmoil on the cross. And it is possible, folks, to hate no one. In fact, it's not just possible, it's necessary. So here we are, saints of God, Americans. Judgment must begin here and it's already begun. But God is going to bring victory and freedom and the greatest revival that you and I have ever seen and, and the world has ever seen. There's going to be some pains, birth pains in the process. And you know, our pregnancy is going to feel like we're dying. Remember my wife, oh God, oh God, I can't breathe right. I can't breathe right, she'd say. <laughs> I can't breathe right. <laughs> Oh, I'd be leaning on her in the bed. I can't, you're going to have that move. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. <laughs> and things are going to get pretty tough before it comes, folks. But because we're one and because we know we house this child, we will not give up, will we? And we won't let our dream of having a new baby be thwarted just because it gets hard. No way. We're going to be one, and we're going to care for each other, and we're going to love each other, and we're going to forgive each other, and we're going to empower each other. Hallelujah. Just raise your hands to God in Christ Jesus. And thank you all for coming this morning. I give you praise. I give you praise, Lord, for your people. Just pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus. It is, a, say it with me, it is, Lord, a confusing time. And sometimes we lose our temper. And then there are other times we don't know who to blame. Sometimes we're just sad. Sometimes we're just mad. And in the process, we forget who we are and who you are. Right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we remember we are the last day church. We are not perfect, but we love perfection. And his name is Jesus. And we love his word, which is perfection. We are the church. Jehovah is our daddy. Jesus is our savior. He's our kinsman, redeemer. He provides food for us while we work in his harvest. Hallelujah to God. And now, as the bride of Christ in the earth and the last day church, we are pregnant with the greatest revival the world has ever seen. And we will not lose this baby and we will not allow the devil to abort this baby we will be still we will be quiet we will be inward we will pray we will rest in Christ and we will pray and we will rest in Christ for these next several months until you bring this baby to full birth. In Jesus' name. And what a privilege it is, Lord. 
Hallelujah. I want you all to rub, rub your belly. Rub your belly and say, what a privilege, Lord, to be alive, to die in Christ, and to be alive in Christ in this last day. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap your hands to God, babies. Clap your hands to God. Come on, clap your hands. 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 Clap your hands, clap your hands, clap your hands. Amen to God, amen to God, amen to God, amen to God. I love you. We will be here tonight at 7 p.m., correct, Pastor? 7 p.m., yes, tonight. And now watch. You're going to leave home. I mean, leave here, go home. You're just going to feel a little tight. I've stepped on some toes. And it may be sore. <laughs> But I've told you the truth, and it will come to pass just as I said. So be happy. Rejoice in Christ Jesus. Once you know how pregnant you are, you'll understand the pains you've been experiencing in your life and in your family. It will make more sense. It's not in vain, your suffering. Just stay faithful to God. Just stay faithful to your daddy. Just stay faithful. Hallelujah. What's the baby's name, mijo? Gianni. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. There's, you can stay and pray if you want me to pray for you. I will. Thank you, Pastor Barry. Hallelujah. Turn the worship up, if you will, please. If you want more of what I've talked about, just come. Yes.